0: Welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I'm Brad Mason. I'm here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hi. There she is. She's sparkling today. Having a wonderful day. It's a great great day. So we're back again for another episode. We want to thank you right off the bat for listening. If you've been uh, listening to the podcast, you're helping out. Um, if you're sharing this with other people, thank you for that too. Uh, last month was a really big month for the podcast. The Lord really used it. It grew a whole lot and it looks like this month is going to be above that way above that. So we're really excited. Um, we got a lot of people listening across the United States, a lot of people in Virginia don't know what's going on there. Um, If you'd like to email us and kind of tell us what your thoughts are, what you think of the podcast, some of the topics you'd like to hear, you can email us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. We'll be happy to respond to you, maybe read some emails on the air, um, really, you know, kind of delve into some subjects or topics that maybe you want to discuss. Um, We're really looking at uh, having a great uh, week this upcoming week. Um, the, uh, podcast will air at normal times. Um, I'm going to be out of town this week. So we're trying to get them recorded today, which is Saturday. Um, and we hope that, uh, you'll, we can keep that regular schedule going, Um, this episode, we're going to kind of circle back around to one of our previous episodes that we had had where we discussed Christians in debt. So this will probably be Christians in debt part two. Um, and we want to give you a little more information, maybe explain a little bit more about what we're doing, uh, what you can do to, uh, help reduce your debt, help get out of debt. Um, one of the things that we really felt impressed upon this year was, that God, um, was really leading us in the direction of getting out of debt. We want to get out of debt. We want to pay off our bills. We want to be able to, um, we want to be able to hang those up and say, we don't owe anybody, you know, um, R- Romans chapter 13, one of the verses that I read is, uh, Romans chapter 13, verse eight says, "Owe no man, anything, but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. So fulfilling the law and doing the law, part of that is to love one another. And to do that, the first thing it tells you is to owe no man anything. So it wants you to be, the Bible and God wants you to be available and free to help other people anytime you need to. Um, You often read about the prophets. You often read about the disciples and all of the people that were preaching the gospel in the New Testament were moving around freely, going wherever they needed to go. um, And they were not encumbered by burdens some bills or debt or anything i couldn't imagine if the apostle paul um had been in jerusalem and had owned a house and had owned you know 15 horses and owed 23 people he might have not ever been able to take off and go to rome he might not have been able to take off and go where he needed to go to preach the gospel um so it's very you know the scripture is very clear to us that we should try and keep those things under control we need to manage those well so that when god wants to use us we don't um I mean, we can just drop everything we have and walk away from it, but we're going to, we do a lot of damage. We shouldn't owe other people money or or anything. We should just really be free and clear. So, um, one of the things that uh, we want to talk about in this episode is kind of how we get around to that. I think in um, in the last episode, we talked about a little bit. We didn't get too much into the details. Um, but one of the things that we use is what we like to, well, we use it from David Ramsey. David mm-hmm. Ramsey. Um, you can listen to him on Amazon. He's got some uh, e-books there that will teach you how to do this. But one of his concepts is called snowballing. So,
1: uh, so basically, you write down all the debts that you have um, that's reoccurring. List them from largest to smallest, and you focus on the smallest first, paying that off. So if you have a $1,000 that you need to pay on a credit card, you pay that first, and then you take whatever payment you paid per month, $35, whatever it is, you take that and then roll it up to whatever your next smallest is, and so on and so forth until you've got the majority of your debt paid off and you're paying a good portion to, um, your largest, which for us is my student loans. Right.
0: So, basically, we're gonna you, you, we what we did is we got a whiteboard. We wrote it all down on paper first, and then we got a whiteboard we were gonna use for some notes and show notes and things. And we decided we would just list all our bills on this whiteboard and and the descending order from the the most we owe at the top down to the least amount at the bottom. Um, and so for this this year, I think we we probably listed eight or nine bills that we had that not counting mortgages that needed to be paid off. Um, and the Lord has blessed us, and we've been able to, to do this to get, uh, what do you say, four or five of them paid off?
1: Four, and we're like halfway through, probably mm-hmm. on the fifth.
0: Right. So we're actually, you know, we're in the process of, of rolling that up. So uh, again, if you think of like a snowball that you throw on the ground, and you roll it, you're going to build a snowman, and you roll it, it gets bigger and bigger. And so the idea here is, is you're taking the money that you would make on that first payment, say $35, say so your next bill is $50 a month. Well, now you're going to throw up another $85. You're going to put them together and you're going to pay that bill. Um, so the idea is to get, to get out of that. Um, one of the examples that I, I tell is I had a credit card through Lowe's home improvement. We used it a couple times to buy some furniture and some, uh, build a chicken coop or not furniture, um, washer and dryer, um, and build a chicken coop and things like that. And the payment on it was probably around $40 a month. But when I looked at it, you know, the interest rate was uh, costing me $36 a month. So I was only getting about $4 a month to the actual principal, and so the way they calculate that is is they take the uh, total amount that you owe, and that's what they're they're using to get their interest, and uh, they do it every month, and they continue to hit you with this, and if you're only given four, four or five dollars a month is going toward your principal balances, you're not really getting anything paid off. So for us, um, it's a big deal. And I think it, we look at it and we're both in our 40s now and we kind of wish we both would have known a little bit more about money to begin with right in our earlier ages. Um, one of the things I would encourage you is if you're a parent or a grandparent even um, and you've got kids who are in their early 20s or in their, you know, in their late 20s, whatever, take some time and sit down and talk about credit cards, talk about a home loan, talk about auto loans, talk about how all these debts actually affect your life because people don't think about it. Um, I knew a kid one time he was probably, I think it was 21. He went to a car lot and he wanted a car. He saw this car that he wanted. It was a uh, Chevy Cobalt Super Sport. I remember because he was so proud of this thing. Um, but anyway, he went to the, the dealership. He had bad credit, barely any credit at all. He walked on the lot and he saw this car and this is what he wanted. He did it. He ignored the sticker price. He ignored Everything it was. And he went in and he said, I want that car. And the dealership said, well, with no credit and, and no history and, and being as young as you are, this is going to cost you $600 a month for a Chevy Cobalt. And this is what the kid wanted. So he got the car and he, he was very proud of that. And he was very uh, happy that he got us what he considered a sports car. And within a couple of years, it got repossessed because he just couldn't make the payment. It was costing too much money. So we have to, you, I really encourage you to sit and talk with your kids about being realistic and what, what you're going to, you know, when you're going into your first job, I know we struggled, I struggled horribly bad through my twenties and thirties. Um, I struggled financially in a whole lot of ways and, uh, I relied upon credit cards and, and, uh, things like that to get me through. And it, it was devastating because I, I didn't have a whole lot of options there. And I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I didn't go under, you know, um, And if somebody had given me a little more advice earlier, um, I think I would have been able to, I don't know if I'd have paid attention to it, but at least I'd have known kind of what's going on. So my, my encouragement to you is talk to your kids, talk to your grandkids, let them know, really talk that, you know, credit cards, I think in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, um, if you take any of our advice off of this show, (laughs) we're not any kind of financial analyst, We're not experts or anything. We're just trying to help each other. And that's what this is about. But credit cards for me are, can, are just, a, it's a devastating thing. It's a bad thing. It's just not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you've got one, that's fantastic. Keep it open, use it to make a small purchase and pay it off every month. You got to do that. Um, and they're good to have if there's an emergency that comes along that you don't have money saved up for. But in the long run, that interest is killing you because you're, it's your money going out the door. It's not doing anything for you. And it's keeping this company. These companies are just a predatory. They're just taking it from you, um, and charging you what they want to charge. And then you miss one, uh, miss a payment. Go ahead and try that one time and see what happens to your interest rate. It jumps up to like 29%, which is the max. Um, and you don't get out of that unless you, you can, really figure out how. So, uh, one of the encouragement things that we would say is that if you're, if you want to get interested in the snowball thing and you want to start working on that, really start working on that first bill and write it down how much you owe and write it down when you pay it off. Really? You have to make it something in your own mind. That's important. It has to be something that I had an accomplishment. Um, there's a couple different groups on Facebook. There's a David Ramsey group. You can join uh, a couple of them, And these people on there, they're there to encourage each other and to help each other and say, hey, I just got this one paid off. I'm working toward the next one. Um, And the main thing is, is because we want to go back to that scripture where that says, oh, no man, anything but to love one another for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. So we're looking at, you know, one of the opportunities that we can use to love other people is to use the tools that God gives us. We have time. We might have old clothes and things we can give to goodwill. We might have, uh, we know someone who needs some food. We could cook for them. We could buy them some groceries, Um, but there's gotta be opportunities um, for us to take the money that we have and to put it to work for the Lord Uh, because that's, that's a tool that he's given us. He's given us our jobs. He's given us um, these opportunities. And when we don't do that, we, I think we miss out on blessings that God has for us and blessings for other people. Um, So, you have the opportunity to get yourself in a better financial spot, then I think uh, that's kind of what you want to do. So we're kind of looking back at the scripture that says, oh no, oh, no man, anything, but to love one another for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. So we're looking at part of fulfilling the law is to love others. And the best way to do that, or one of the ways we can do that is to owe no man, anything, Um, So the scripture really is poignant in the fact that we should be um, taking very good care of the things that God has blessed us with. If he gives us a good job, if he's blessed us financially, we should be using that for his kingdom and for his glory, not squandering it away on um, lust of the flesh. This is what the Bible would call it. It would put it that way. Um, One of the stories I read this week was about a lawyer. I believe he was in New York, but he he was making about $270,000 a year which is a gigantic amount of money. Um, But anyway, he was uh, saving his money. He's in his 30s and he's saving his money and he was eating red beans and rice every day for dinner. And the article was just kind of going into all the the cost-cutting measures he was taking to save money as much as he could. Um, So he was going to save money for four or five years, save up to a certain amount, and then he was going to be able to retire early because he was going to put it in an account that had high interest and he was going to kind of live off that interest. Um, and it was interesting because to read all the comments from people who are reading this article, and everybody's worried about what they're doing today. Um, and this is the, where the Christian and the world really uh, run into each other. The world is concerned about my my comfort and my pleasure right now. It's not. It has nothing to do with eternity. It has nothing to do with um, the pleasure and comfort of others. Um, it's about me. Um, we went to an Apple Festival today. We love to go to these things in the fall, or I do, it's my thing. So I drag the family and we go to these festivals and you see it, you see this mentality in people as they're walking around because people are running into each other. People are not getting out of the way. People are standing in the middle of a crowd. People are very self-absorbed with what they're doing, that what is going on around them doesn't seem to even matter. And I think this really shows in our in our lives as well, because we look at, um, I think, I remember one time we were driving down the road and my oldest daughter, um, saw this area where people were living. It was really nice houses and everything. She said, wow, those people are really rich. And I said, well, what makes you think that? And she's like, well, look at these houses, look at the houses that they live in. And I said, you see a big fancy house. And to you, that means somebody's rich and that's where they live. To me, I see a big fancy house and I see the debt that goes along with that. It's, it's not a new house while, uh, you know, Joe's got a brand new house and Joe's got a brand new car. So Joe must be doing well, but that's what you see on the surface. What you need to really see is Joe's got more debt in his life. He's got more debt on the new car. He's got more debt on the new house. He's got to figure out a way to pay for all that because if he doesn't, he's going to lose it all. And so Joe is adding more stresses to his life. And that's what we do. Um, that's the human side of who we are. And that's that lust of the flesh to where we see and we covet. We see something someone else has and our heart says, "Ooh, don't you need that too?
1: Well, I think a lot of it is um, when they when they aren't selling you something, they say, "Well, it's only fifty dollars a month." Oh yeah. I mean, I think they've started doing that with cars. Used to, you couldn't get a car for longer than five years, and now it's like six years, seven years. Yeah, I believe
0: there's. I think the max loan on a car right now is up to seven years. And what happens is, this is what I'd heard somebody talk about, and they said, when you go in to buy a car, don't walk in there saying, "I need a car for two hundred and fifty dollars a month." Uh, this is what I need. I need a payment of $250 a month. If you can get me $250 a month, then I got the car. So, what the dealership will do instead of lowering the price, the overall price of the car, they will extend the amount of payment. Say the car, you know, say it was going to be $300 a month over four years. And you walk in there and said, well, I need $250 a month. Well, they're going to stretch it out to five and six years because they're still going to get the full amount that they want for the car. They're just giving you what you wanted every month. So what you've done is you've extended your debt instead of lowering it. And so what you should be focused on is not that conversation. When they come in and they say, well, what do you need a month to get in this vehicle? That's not the nothing. What I need to know is how low are you going to drop the price of that car? Because that's what's going to out- determine the outcome of what I can really afford. Um, and it's going to keep that debt off of me as long as possible. I know one of the things David Ramsey really pushes is the used car idea. I've, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, I think I've owned, man, I probably own 15 cars in my lifetime or more. Um, and out of all those, one car has been a brand new car. And that, that one car was absolute garbage. That was the worst car I've ever owned in my life. And it was a brand new car when I bought it, bought it on the lot. And I made a promise to myself, I'll never buy a new car again because it's, it's not worth it. Um, If you know anything about the price of cars, as soon as you drive off the lot, they drop, uh, there's a percentage rate like 10 to 15% in value. It immediately loses it when you leave that car lot. So you're losing money right off the bat. Um, Dave Ramsey always encourages people to buy a cheap car that you can pay off right now and you can continue to drive while you pay off your debt because you want one of the things you don't want to have is a car payment. You don't right now we've got two of them and that's part of our debt we're trying to pay off. We want to get those things out because if we can pay those two cars off then that frees up that money every month to take care of something else. Um, I think in the last episode, we talked about everybody wants a pay raise. Um, So in America, and I'm sure other places around the world, one of the things you need in your life is a pay raise. And why do people typically want a pay raise?
1: So they can get more debt. Right.
0: Well, or they got more debt. There's a lot of people who go in and they'll go buy a house and then they realize, oh, this is going to take up a lot of our money. You know, even though our income to debt ratio is great, this is still going to cost me a lot more. I need to raise. So they go in and they want to raise from their job. They complain they don't make enough money. And
1: you get another job and it's like... You end up doing nothing but working
0: absolutely, and so you're you're really spending your time in the world working for and I use the word as egypt you're working in Egypt for the Pharaoh, and um, you're not you know you're not living that opportunity you're not having that opportunity to live the life that God might want you to have and i 'm not saying that above and all blessed life, but that 's what it is he blesses us and so we could go out and make disciples of other people and share the gospel, um, but the majority of us are stuck in a factory somewhere forty hours a week, if not more because we have these things we have to take care of. So the idea here in this podcast is really encouraging you to figure out a way to eliminate those debts and so it can it can free you up. It takes a lot of stress off of you. It takes a lot of burdens off of you. It gives you the opportunity to give to missions more, to give to your local congregation, to give to um, people around the world who are struggling. Um, you could get, you know you could feed more homeless people. You could help at your local shelters. There's all kinds of ways that you could take the money that God has given you, and you could use it to help somebody else. Um, Again, we look at the things, you look at the world and you have to, we really got to put these things in perspective if we're believers. Um, There's uh, Watchman Nee, one of my favorite writers. Um, He took a vow of poverty uh, when he became a follower of Christ. He said, I'm I'm not going to be any more wealthy or rich than anyone around me who, who knows the Lord. So you look at these, uh, we talked, I think the last episode we talked about the, we saw a list of the top 30, uh, religious leaders who are multimillionaires, hundreds of millions of dollars within these 30 people and, and how they're so, I mean, there was two of them who were married and each one was over a hundred million dollars a year each. Um, which is in, that's a ton of money. And when I look at it, I'm like, man, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame because we should be using that as an, op- they should use that as an option. Maybe they do, but there's that opportunity to say, Hey, we could take all of this and we could feed all those people that are starving around the world. People that are starving in the United States. Um, there's a, a ton of homeless people. California has one of the highest homeless populations in America today, right now. Um, probably because of the climate, but there's a ton of homeless people there that need somewhere to go. They need somebody to help them. They there's lot of people on drugs. There's a lot of people, um, there's epidemics of stuff going on and we have the means to do it, but we always go to, to our boss or our job and say, Oh, this is horrible. I'm not making enough money. Um, and what we're talking about here is giving yourself a raise because that's exactly what you're doing. If you can pay off your bills, say right now you you feel like I don't have enough money. If I could get these bills off of me, it would free up some more money. That's what we're trying to do. Give yourself a raise, pay off a couple of your small stuff and start working on paying up, up the ladder, up the chain and get the big stuff taken care of. Um, And if you only accomplish half of it, say you only pay two or three off. That's, Hey, that's less debt you have. Um, That's more money that you free up. And that's more opportunity to, uh, to be used by the Lord to help other people. Um, I think one of the things we really have to learn at Christians and, and mm, churches and uh, congregations and believers, uh, it's, we really have to. And I'm guilty and I've got to learn this myself, is that we have to learn to temper this flesh when it comes to materialism, because materialism is a very large hindrance when it comes to our relationship with God. I mean, there was a rich young ruler who came to Jesus who asked about going to heaven. And Jesus said, you know, go ahead and give all you have away. Give all your wealth away. Give everything you have away and then come back. And it said the, the rich young ruler went away weeping and crying because he loved that stuff. You know, we we got, <laughs> believers, this is not our home. This world is not our home. The house that we live in right now, where we're at here, this is a temporary dwelling on earth but this is not our eternal destination this all of this will go away it's going to rot it's going to decay uh, 300 years from now this house will probably not even be here anymore my vehicles that are in the driveway will be rusted to the ground um, everything that I have my dogs my pets my clothes everything is going to decay and be gone all of this is going to be gone I mean really put your life in perspective and think about that everything that you own give it a 300 year time span. everything that is in your house right now will probably not exist within 300 years it will rot and decay, wind up in a landfill. It'll wind up somewhere burned or destroyed. There's not a whole lot of things in this life that are going to last for a long time. And so when we look at it that way, we have to realize that we're laying up our treasure somewhere else. We're laying up our treasure in heaven because that is an eternal thing that does not go away. We're, we're trying to bring people into the kingdom of God. You know, I, I remember when I was a kid, I used to hear people talk about all the crowns and the, the crowns you would get in heaven and all the crowns we're going to get and all the glory and all that stuff. And I, I, I remember as a kid, you would hear, oh, we're going to cast them at Jesus' feet and we're going to, you know, he's going to, we're going to have this crown of righteousness and this crown of this and this crown of that. And we're going to throw them at the Lord's feet. And, and it sounded so wonderful and it sounds so grand, but as an adult, I look and I think, you know, what's more important for me is to know that someone I love is standing right there beside of me. You know, what's important for me beyond getting a crown is to know that I was able to help a family come into the kingdom of God. It's more important, that is your crown right there. That other person who saved, who came there because they listened to you, that you shared the gospel with, that is your crown, that is your reward, that you helped save these people, that God was able to use you to bring them into the kingdom now, whether he gives us other things, that's fantastic. That's what a bridegroom does for his bride. He lavishes her with those treasures and those wonderful things, but we are adding to the family of God and that's where our glory should be found. Um, so, you know, when you think about that, when I was a kid, the foolishness that I had as a child was to lay up those crowns, right? But for me as an adult, the, the idea is to lay up those souls. We're going to bring those people into the kingdom of God. We want to bring them into the family of God so that they can enjoy everlasting life and they can be a part of this family. So the snowball, kind of get going on that. Give it a shot. Give it a give it a try. To see what you think about it. Um, get your little bills paid off first. Start there. Um, you know, uh, one of the things, uh, the $1,000 thing. Talk about that real right. quick.
1: His first step, he calls them the baby steps. The first step is to get your emergency fund of a thousand dollars, which for us, I mean, a thousand, I guess it depends on the perspective of your family. For us, a thousand dollars doesn't seem like enough for us.
0: (laughs) And I think that's probably because we have, we have five kids. Our son, oldest son is in college. Um, we have, uh, three or four automobiles that we're trying to keep running and it seems like there's always something going on
1: every time you think you got something straight here comes automobile has got an issue right
0: no it's ridiculous so make sure yeah if you can do an an emergency fund that's the first thing you do is you fund your emergency fund you try to get it up to a thousand dollars or wherever you feel comfortable at uh, saying okay if, if my washer and dryer were to break i have the money to go pay for that um so you work on getting that built. Once you get that, that emergency fund built up, then you start paying off your bills and your debts and you keep going all the way up till you hit your, till you get everything paid off except for your mortgage. Yeah. Right?
1: And then I think the, the step after that is.
0: Is to build, increase your emergency fund. Yeah, it.
1: yeah, 3 to 6 months of what it would take for you to live on which if you don't have any debt it's really just going to be your utilities and your mortgage.
0: Right. So you 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 start with $1,000 you pay all your bills off to, except for your mortgage and you get to that point then you uh, put up 3 to 6 months worth of savings and then once you've done that you increase your profit sharing retirement. or whatever it is right your retirement account at work to 15% a month and then you start throwing everything you can at your mortgage to get it paid off as fast as possible. It's a really simple process, it's not really complicated. Again, we're going to give David Ramsey some credit because this is his idea. You can find it on Amazon and the audio Just Google. Yeah, Google it. It's free information, plenty of it out there. Um, But we really want to see the body of Christ uh, freeing our burden from this world as far as financially goes. Um, Stay in prayer about it. Ask the Lord to help you out. Ask the Lord to help you stay focused. And uh, get those things paid off as soon as you can so you can work toward the kingdom of God. Uh, We hope uh, to be back with you again. We appreciate you listening. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere where that uh, podcasts are distributed. You can email us at theabnormalchristian@gmail.com. At comments or questions. We would love to have those. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you again next time.
1: Bye.